0: Well, it's Mother's Day today, so I'm taking a break from our series. We've been in a series called Binge the Bible. Binge the Bible is a 30,000-foot view uh, of God's Word. We are trying to understand the story of the Bible by looking at one book at a time, and so we do a week on Genesis, a week on Exodus, and we do it that way. Next week, we'll be back into that for a couple more weeks, so come on back and join us. It's going to be uh, Joshua next Sunday. It's a great book. I'm gonna sing about the Battle of Jericho. You don't wanna miss it, so come on. But today, I wanna talk a little bit about, uh, since it's Mother's Day, I wanna talk a little bit about honor this morning, about honor. Uh, Mother's Day is a day for honor. The fifth commandment says, honor your father and mother. In Deuteronomy it says, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord has given you. That's for the teenagers in here right now, just so you know. If you honor your father and mother, it's going to go a lot better for you in the land that the Lord has given you. Uh, Paul says this is the first commandment that comes with a blessing. That if you honor your father and mother, it may go well for you in the land the Lord has given you. What does this commandment mean, really? To honor our father and mother. Is it as simple as obedience, or is it something different? I want to talk about honor today. Romans twelve ten. Paul says, Love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. See, Paul understood honor to be interlaced and connected to love. Loving one another is one of the things that Christ commanded us to do and put such an emphasis on it that he said, the way people will know you are my followers is by the way that you love one another. And here we see that love is interlaced with honor. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 2, 17. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Honor and love, tangled up again. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now, this is an interesting twist. Because Peter, in this passage, he's writing this in about 62 A.D., and the emperor is a man named Nero, who just after Peter wrote his letter was going to blame Christians for a fire in Rome and start burning them at the stake as lampposts killing them by the thousands. Even in this time period, Emperor Nero is rounding up Christians and putting them in the Colosseum to be eaten by animals. Paul, Peter says, honor the emperor explicitly. What is honor? Honor, I believe, is to lift up a person through your words, your attitude, and your actions. To lift up a person through your words, your attitude, and your actions. Honor is different than respect. Respect is something that you earn based on your status or your performance. Honor is given freely. Showing honor is adjacent to living in the humility that Christ called us to live in. In Philippians 2.3, Paul says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Humility is connected to honor. So let me show you three examples of honor in the Bible and talk about different ways that we can honor our mothers today. And I wanna start out the gate by addressing the elephant in the room, and that is that sometimes Mother's Day is not our favorite holiday. That for a lot of people, this is a complicated day because of complicated relationships. And so let's talk about honoring those who are hard to honor when we start this morning. Mother's Day isn't easy for everybody because for a lot of folks, there are complicated mother relationships. Maybe your mom isn't always what you would consider worthy of honor. Maybe she's a difficult subject for you or the source of some complicated feelings. And yet, The Bible says in Exodus 20, 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord has given you. And there's not a clause somewhere in there that says unless your mom forgot to pick you up from school every day, unless your mom only ever criticized you. Honor your mother unless she had a substance abuse problem and you had to mother her. Honor your mother unless she's emotionally, physically, spiritually abusive. It doesn't say any of that. It says, honor your father and mother. And this doesn't mean that there weren't (laughs) bad moms around then because people have been living in the same patterns ever since we left the garden. As this commandment is given to the people in the desert after leaving Egypt, surely there are people hearing that and thinking, does it mean my mother as well? My father as well? Even after everything? there have always been people who were difficult to honor. So I'll give you two stories on this. First, let's talk about David. David is the man after God's own heart. He was a king. Uh, his story is in 1 Samuel. And David, he, at first, he's a, he's a shepherd boy, and King Saul is the king over Israel, the first king over Israel. And Saul loses his anointing because he's disobedient to God. And the anointing is given to a 14-year-old shepherd boy named David, the son of Jesse. David, a little bit later, goes to the battlefield where his brothers are fighting against the Philistines, and he sees a giant calling out the armies of Israel. You know this story, David and Goliath. David takes down the giant, hits him in the head with a rock. The guy falls down, he cuts his head off with his sword. It's awesome. So cool. And so after that, David is now famous. He is anointed by God. He's going to be the next king. And he's famous for slaying this Philistine. He becomes a soldier first. And then after that, he becomes a general. He is now leading the armies of Saul. He's also a great musician. And so he is in the court of Saul. And he helps Saul calm down by playing his saxophone for Saul before Saul falls asleep. And so it wasn't a saxophone, but for the purposes of this story, it is. It's a harp or something. And so David is close to the king, to Saul. Saul is like a father figure to David. Saul is a mentor to David. And David honors this King Saul, even after things go sideways, because the people began to love David more than they loved Saul. And Saul became envious of David and bitter in his soul. And in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 9, it says, while David was playing the sacks one day, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good his escape. Things had escalated. This man is literally throwing spears at David and trying to kill him. So David runs into the wilderness and he is out there for years, running from Saul, as Saul pursues him, hunts him with the goal of killing him. One day this happens. It says that he came to the sheep pen. Saul is searching for David. This is in 1 Samuel 24, and it says, he came to the sheep pens along the way, and a cave was there. And Saul went in to relieve himself, And David and his men were far back in the cave. Saul's going along looking for David. He's got to go potty. There's a great cave over there. It's like the perfect potty spot. And so he goes into this cave and he's like, this is a primo potty. What he doesn't know is that in the back of the cave is David and his ragtag group of fighting men hiding in the darkness. Saul goes potty. This is what happens. The men said... David's fighting men. This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. And then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe. So, you know, Saul is, he's like in this position here, you know, and his robe is draped behind him. And David's back here and he's in the darkness. When I go back here, it stresses our lights guy out. Um, He's back here in the darkness and he creeps up and grabs a little bit of the robe, and he cuts off the corner of it, and he creeps back into the darkness. He could have killed Saul in that moment, but he made the decision instead of killing him to embarrass him. This is a kindness that he's showing him. However, it's not honorable. Verse five, afterward David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, Lord forbid, that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lay my hand on him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. And with these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. And Saul left the cave and went on his way. And David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, my Lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground in a show of honor. David shows honor to Saul, even though Saul definitely did not deserve it. Saul was trying to kill David, but David still felt a conviction to honor him. He even felt bad for the little bit of dishonor he had shown. Why? Because to David, honoring the man crowned king was more important than petty revenge or acting out of rage. Another story, Noah's Ark, Noah's Ark is a horrifying story. It is an absolute terror show. There are, this is a story of genocide. People, uh, God decides to start creation over again with one family and these animals two by two. So the flood comes and there's, there's, there's people floating in the water. It's traumatizing, it's scary. We don't know what's going to happen next. We're just on this boat and there's animals everywhere. It smells terrible. The waters recede. God sends the promise that he would never do it again, and that he was going to spend that moment on building up humanity and building a relationship with them rather than bringing that level of justice again. But Noah has been through a lot and so has his family. So it says this in Genesis chapter nine, Noah, a man of the soil, which is a super cool way to say farmer, proceeded to plant a vineyard. When he drank some of its wine, he became drunk and lay uncovered inside his tent naked. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw his father naked and told his two brothers outside. The implication in the language is that Ham saw his dad passed out drunk naked and came out and said, you guys got to see dad. He is absolutely hammered, and he's butt naked. Come on in here and take a look. Shem and Japheth, his other brothers, instead of joining in on making fun, took a garment and laid it across their shoulders, and then they, they stood side by side with a blanket on their shoulders, and they walked backwards into the tent so that they could cover their father without looking upon him. Noah was not being a good dad in this scenario. He was openly hurting and had been through an incredible trauma, but so had the rest of his family. And instead of going through it together, leading them through this season, he withdrew, he got drunk, and he passed out naked. But his sons, his two sons, show him honor regardless by covering him. Sometimes honor is as simple as covering someone who doesn't necessarily deserve it. Getting together with your siblings and everyone starts talking about how bad of a mom, mom is. Instead of joining in, you stop it and you cover her. Honor looks like showing respect when it's not earned and showing love that won't be reciprocated and covering when it's necessary. Now, There is a fine line between honor and enablement here. I am not telling you not to have boundaries. If you have a parent relationship that is like this, I would wager you have to have boundaries. You need them. If you do not have them, you need to have someone guide you in how to put them in place and how to keep them there. I'm not telling you that the trauma and the pain you've experienced is invalid. It is. You need counseling to help you process it. I am not telling you that there is a a need to just pretend like none of this ever happened. What I'm saying is that there is a biblical calling towards a life of honor, even for those who haven't earned it. So give honor. Second thing is this, honor those for whom it's easy. Because sometimes, sometimes it is easy to give honor. I've been blessed in having an incredible mom. My mom is the best. My mom put notes in my lunchbox, something I've never done as a parent. I pack most of the lunches and I have never done this. And I think about it all the time. My mom did it. She would put little candies in there. I'm telling you, my mom as soon as I see her, I feel relieved. I feel comforted. Last year, I was in Charleston at a conference, and uh, uh, I began to feel sick on the first day. In fact, I'm sitting there trying to listen to somebody teach, and I start shivering. You know, I'm like, I think something might be wrong with me, you know, and uh, it wasn't COVID. In fact, it was the flu type A, which is pretty terrible. And so I immediately get in my car and drive to my parents. I'm from Charleston and my, my parents live there. I immediately drove to my parents' house. I came in and I said, mom, I got the flu. And she said, baby. And I'm 35 years old. And she took me in my in her arms and brought me up to the same couch I used to lay on when I was a teenager and covered me up with my blanket. And she went downstairs and she got me some sour cream and onion Pringles and a glacier frost, cherry Gatorade. Oh, and I just laid there and thought, oh, I'm so glad I'm home. If I was at my house, my kids would still be bothering me. (laughs) You, You know, you got a good mom when you're 35 years old. She makes you feel like a 10 year old staying home from school, you know? And then she left and came up here for the weekend, which was sad. But Maybe you've got a mom that you love, that is easy to honor, who is selfless and humble and cares for you and serves you in ways you can't even begin to repay, and she's easy to honor, but maybe for you, like me, it's easy to forget to honor the people who deserve it the most because we take for granted that honor can only be given intentionally and is never simply understood. I think a good example happens in Luke chapter 10. There's two sisters, Mary and Martha. If you've been around in church, you've heard this story before. Poor Martha, she gets drugged through the mud all the time. Let's do it again. This is uh, verse 38. It says, if, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, Martha is doing the work that has to get done. Who's in, some of y'all in here, you are the only one in your house that does the work that has to get done. Am I right? We're relating to Martha right now. We're like, you better honor Martha in this moment. Martha is doing the work that has to be, be, get done, but Mary is intentionally showing Jesus honor by being still in his presence and sitting under his teaching. I believe the simplest interpretation of this story is the right one. See, Martha and Mary were both very familiar with Jesus. In the Gospel of John, we see that there is a deep familiarity that Jesus has with this family. Their brother Lazarus is the one that he resurrected from the dead. Uh, it was their home that Jesus stayed in right before he entered into Jerusalem to be crucified. These were people that he was close with and had probably known even before he was in ministry. There was a familiarity there. Martha assumed Jesus knew that she honored him there was a distinct understanding in their familiarity in their relationship. So Martha knows that Jesus knows she loves him, respects him, and honors him. And somebody's got to get all this work done. So she's doing the work instead of showing him honor intentionally, and she's frustrated with her sister for leaving her to it. I wonder if you felt this way before. My wife knows that I honor her. I mean, I, I do all kinds of stuff, you know, I, I, I help, you know, I go to work, I help pay the bills, I cook like every dinner, surely that is showing honor, you know, I'm an awesome cook, you know, or, or my husband knows that I honor him, I do things for our family all day, every day, surely my mom knows that I honor her, I brought her to church this morning well, they, where they will give her flowers so I don't have to. But here, Mary is showing honor to Jesus by giving him her attention and her intentional time. The simplest way to interpret this scripture is that Jesus wants to communicate to Martha the same thing that he communicates in John chapter 4 to the woman at the well. This woman is at a well getting water, something that she literally needs to survive. Jesus says he is the living water and he can give her living water so that she would never thirst again. Now, Jesus knows that going forward, this woman is gonna to have to drink water again, probably in the next 30 minutes. Jesus knows the work that Martha is doing has value and is necessary. He's telling them both to make sure that honoring God and in turn honoring Him is the first thing on their list and that it is something they do intentionally. In the context of honor, we can learn that while all the ways we serve our spouse or our mom or that person that truly is wonderful in our lives, we serve them by with our actions, do not forget to intentionally out loud, and with time, give honor as well. Say it out loud. Display it. Make it easy to see and receive. The third thing is this. Show honor, even when you don't really feel like showing honor. Jesus honored his mother, and he did not just honor her at a time when it was easy. We see this in John chapter 19. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby— He said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. I just wanna make clear what's happening here. Jesus is taking unto himself at this moment all the sins of humanity. These are words spoken from the cross. He's becoming the punishment for all of our sins. God has turned away from him. And in this moment, for the first time, he is completely alone, and he is dying. He's been whipped nearly to death, he's bleeding. He is nailed to a cross where he will die. And he looks down from the cross, and he sees his mother. And instead of his thoughts going to himself, his thoughts go to her. He honors her by being selfless in a moment where it would have been okay to be a little bit selfish. Even when you are in a season where it's okay to be a little bit selfish, where things are hard and it's easy to only see yourself, it is important to still remember to look for ways to show honor to the people around you. Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you may we as followers of Jesus be a people of honor. We do it in three ways. Honor with your words. Honor with your words. Don't forget to say it out loud. Say your thank yous out loud. Show your love out loud and with your words. Honor is spoken. So often we take for granted people like moms and assume they know how much we appreciate them, how much we love them and what they mean to us. And maybe they do, but they sure do like to hear it. Paul showed honor with his words. Often at the end of one of his letters, he would just publicly honor someone uh, to the church that he's writing to. In Romans, he gives a long honor roll, a list of all these people that he just wants to publicly and out loud honor. It's six, Romans 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Centrae. I ask that you would receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and give her any help she may need from you for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Achilla, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. It's just giving honor out loud because it, people need to hear it out loud. Number one, honor with your words. Number two, honor with your attitude. Honor with your attitude. How many of us know we can speak words of honor and they're meaningless without an attitude of honor? You ever, you ever gotten one of these? Thank you. Does it feel like good gratitude? Are you grateful when when your child says, thank you? Do you feel thanked? We got to have an attitude of honor. I love that this this story of David because David shows honor to Saul by not killing him, but he still has a bad attitude. He's got a prideful attitude. He sneaks up on the guy in a very very vulnerable position and cuts the cloak piece off really just to say, "Hey, sucker." I could have killed you, but I didn't. Check it out. Look how close I was. He was had a prideful attitude. And as soon as he got back with the guys and he's thinking about this, he got so convicted about it. It says, afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off a corner of his robe. He goes out and he says, hail to the king. So the Saul can hear him. He reveals his location and he gets face down on the ground and shows honor to the king. You have got to have an attitude of honor, not just words of honor. Have an attitude of honor. Third, honor with your actions, your actions, your actions. Noah's sons honored him by covering him. It wasn't just enough to honor with words. They had a humble attitude and they actively honored their father. Jesus honored his mother not just with his words and his attitude, but by making sure she was provided for in the days to come. Honor with your actions. Go buy your mom some brunch after work, to, after church today. Make sure she gets through that bouquet line. Push somebody out of the way to get her a better spot. <laughs> Honor her with your actions. Do something thoughtful and intentional and creative to show honor with your actions. Today on Mother's Day, I wanna show honor to the moms here. So let me offer some blessings to the different groups of moms in the room today. Number one, all the moms with some experience, albeit maybe one kid or 10 kids, a year or 40 years, we honor you. Thank you for your wisdom, your grace, your patience, your understanding for being there for us when nobody else was, for seeing us in a way we couldn't even see ourselves. Thank you for wiping our noses and allowing us to cough directly into your mouth Thank you for investing in us daily and believing we were worthy of the investment. May you be filled with joy. May the master pour love so that it fills your life and splashes over onto everyone around you. To all the moms who just became a mom or who are about to become a mom, we honor you this morning. You are doing a great job. You are good enough. You are worthy. You can do this. You have what it takes. You have the right people around you, a community to help you. You are enough and you are not alone. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. May you be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious mights. To all the moms who are mothers of loss, we honor you this morning. We see you. We know you feel unspeakable pain and you don't always know how to express it. You are not hidden in this place. You are seen. And God hears you, and he loves you. He is with you. He has not abandoned you, and he mourns alongside of you. And we, your church family, we mourn alongside of you. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great that you will never fully understand it. May you be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Finally, to all of you who desire motherhood, but have not yet walked into it, we, your church family, we honor you this morning. We see the difficulty of your struggle we are with you. May God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face shine upon you. May God give you the desire of your heart and may all of your plans succeed. We bless you today, moms. We honor you. You are worthy and deserving of honor. If you're in here today and I just want to give you the opportunity if you're here today and you've been alone for too long or trying to do this on your own for too long or you have wanted a better way of living all it begins with is a quick prayer and a conversation to enter into a relationship with Jesus and after that we will come alongside of you and be your family as well and so if you're ready to make that decision with every head bowed I close pray this prayer with me heavenly father forgive me for my sins I want you to dwell within me. I need you today, God. I believe in you and I give all that I am to you from this day on, I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.